Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turville. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. Today's interview is just kind of a little off topic from what I've been talking about in season two of my podcast. But the reason I wanted to bring Candy on is because most of my clients, about 95% of my clients in the last few years have been women in my age group or older. And we all, I think, are in this particular period of our lives. And I actually thought that I am in menopause. I might even have said it several times. And it turns out from the actual definitions that Candy's going to talk about today, I'm not actually in menopause right now. But it's really good to know what are the signs? What are the symptoms? What are the actual scientific definitions of the three phases of menopause? So that's what we're talking about today. I'm super excited to have Candy here, who is a menopause doula. So let's get started. So today we have a special guest and her name is Candy Wright. And she's going to talk with us about menopause because this is a little bit out of what I was, I'm I'm in a sequence right now of talking about a lot of fun things. And Candy, the reason we first met was because I was thinking, I think you responded to something I was asking about religion and talking about religion and after religion topics and faith crisis. And so for some reason, you were curious and we got on Zoom to talk about it. And come to find out, that's not the reason I think we connected, because then you were talking about menopause. And I was like, ooh, I'm really interested. <laughs> yeah. Right? And the thing is, was I, like, I reached out to you because you did put, you know, in there, and I'm curious about people going through transitions with religion. And it's because my body went into menopause that my brain started like asking all these different questions about my own journey with religion. So that's religion originally why I reached out to you. And that's how it kind of metamorphosized into talking about, holy cow, what is this menopause thing? What does it do to our brains? And how does it change all the ways that we look at everything in our lives, including, you know, our faith systems, our relationship systems, etc. So that's kind of how we evolved to to say, ooh, let's talk about the juicy yumminess of all the transition about menopause. Yes, exactly. I'm sorry. Oh, I just, for some reason, I had to express my coffee. <laughs> we were talking <laughs> about that. Like, wow. So I know I love that our conversation sort of transitioned, but that's interesting what you just said is I'm curious because I'm about the same age as you. And I wonder if at this stage of life, is it a, like a change that really causes us a lot of different things. I'm going to have to clear my throat today. I can tell. Sorry. So okay. what do you think about that? Like, yeah, hundred percent in my own journey, just specifically like this last year, I became a menopause doula. What I, what I normally do and how I've woven it together is I help women in our age group, perimenopausal, menopausal and postmenopausal women um, get a hold on their, you know, their overeating, their emotional eating. and I've put in this piece because it was so blindsiding to me how things changed. And so my body changed, my mind changed. And then when I hit menopause, which was probably about a year-ish ago now, my mind, and even like maybe eight months ago, something happened as those hormones were like done, where I no longer 
cared as much what people thought. And I also started questioning everything. It's kind of like, you know, how we talk about midlife crisis. I don't like the word crisis because that makes your body all go into a stress mode and a survival mode. I like the word midlife transition. Men are not the only ones who go through this in our society. We are too. And if we think about how those hormones drop, remember how your personality kind of rewired when you were 13 or 12, or when you got your first period and you're like all over the place, the same thing is happening. Your brain, your body is like rewiring and adjusting to a lower level of um, hormones. And it makes you kind of look at your uh, most of a good majority of us. It makes you look at your humanity and your mortality and say, can I do this for the rest of my life? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. So yes, a hundred percent as all of those changes, it's not just a mental thing that's happening. You're literally having chemicals and neural pathways rewire as those chemicals, as those hormones start to decrease. So yeah. So being this um, menopausal doula, is that what you said? Menopausal doula? I've mm-hmm. never heard of the term before menopause until you doula. told me. Menopause dual, mm-hmm. doula. Uh-huh. So tell us what is the definition of being in menopause? Like, when do I know? Oh, I'm in menopause now. Like, it, yeah, you know, such curious. a great question. So I think it's really important to know that there are actually three stages of the process. Most of us kind of think about menopause as, okay, it's like this process. And generally speaking, that is the case, but there are three stages. The first stage is perimenopause, and that can start in the mid to late thirties for, for women. And that can last up until about age 51 and a half or so. That's the median age for when people go into menopause. And menopause itself, technically speaking, like scientifically speaking, is the one day after 12 consecutive months of no period. So menopause is actually just one day, although we kind of talk about it as a process, right? And then from that one day on, you're in postmenopause, which is a lot of years. So we don't realize. So that's the third stage is postmenopause. We're in postmenopause for a really long time. Right. I've been in postmenopause for about a year now and it is night and day different than it was. Well, what is the, okay. So the difference then we're talking about is being in premenopause versus postmenopause or peri, wait, Peri or pre? Peri. Uh, do they mean the same? Either way, thing? most people call it perimenopause. Okay, yeah. so being in peri, what are the some of the differences you notice for yourself, like between perimenopause and menopause or post? Oh, I have a whole new language now. <laughs> I thought <laughs> of menopause is like I'm in menopause, like I just thought it's a thing, right? But mm-hmm. um, well, that's how our society kind of talks about it. I'm in menopause, and everybody knows what you're talking about. But technically speaking, the three stages: I'm in postmenopause, meaning I've had that twelve, you know, that twelve month in the next day type of thing, right? So I think it's, it's super, super important. The thing that happens for most ladies that I see is when we go into perimenopause, we don't realize it. It's gradual as those hormones start to kind of dissipate as the ovaries start to get close to being done with their job of creating the estrogen and the progesterone and the testosterone. Right. And that's really what happens at month 12. The ovaries are done. They no longer produce the estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone. They're done. Okay. So I think one of the most important things that I wish that I would have known, that's kind of the topic, (laughs) the title of our topic, right? Is all of the different symptoms that can come along with it. Some of the most noticeable ones or some of the most common ones that people realize or kind of start to notice is something's changing with my body. It's harder to keep weight off. Like that's usually one of the biggest one for a good majority of women. We can't eat quite like we used to, And there's a reason for that. 
because as those hormones drop, especially the testosterone and the estrogen, those affect how we metabolize processed foods and sugars and flours. And so if we could get away with eating a little bit more of that, when we were younger, you know, running around, we can't anymore. And so that's one of the reasons why the body starts to gain weight. Another reason that the body starts to gain weight is because oftentimes we have more things on our plate around this time. We might have growing children, or we might have intense jobs, or we might be starting to take care of aging parents. And so the stress levels cause the body to go into a stress response, which makes the body feel, oh, oh, I'm in danger. We better guard some extra food, if you will, fat food around our middle. So you've got a couple of different things going on there, right? So that's one of the most common and we hear people, you know, we hear about like some night flash or some, some night sweats and some, some hot flashes that comes usually a little bit later on in the process. But what I wish I would have known is the extent of all the other perimenopause, depression, anxiety. I didn't realize this, but looking back, I started getting really intense anxiety about age 41. And if I were to look back in my own menopause timeline, and I invite people to kind of think about this, my menopause timeline or my perimenopause timeline, my personal perimenopause timeline, I think looking back started around age 37 and then age 41, intense anxiety. Just my body was just anxiety, 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 and then migraines intense migraines. I'd never had migraines before. And these are really, really common symptoms. I wish I would have known that this, this is an indicator like, Hey, sweetie, you're entering perimenopause. Your body's like wigging out. Cause it's, you know, adjusting to this lower level of the hormones. But I used to get these migraines along the, you know, this right side of my brain once a month in conjunction with my periods. And they would take me now, out for three or four days. That's interesting because mm-hmm. my migraines started long before that. I had migraines. My, in fact, my doctor called them hormonal migraines. I think, and that they were started in my twenties, but they quit. I think they quit before I was forty. Like he said, at a certain point they're going to quit, and I'm like, and they did. <laughs> it was like once a month, you know. I love that. That is so, so fascinating. I think that's one of the most beautiful things that we can glean from just talking about this subject is that every woman's experience is going to be different. And so to look at your experience and try to compare it to somebody else's a, just don't ever do that in life, no matter what. Right. And then B, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So you're going to have the, you had the flip-flop with the migraines. Not everybody's going to get migraines. Lots of people do. Sometimes those migraines take you out for three, four, five days, exhaustion that comes along with it. Yours went away. So I want to completely validate your experience. And that's really what we want to do is just validate the heck out of where you're at and just noticing and just realize that migraines can be hormonal and they can come on during this phase or they can complain. And it could have been a shift in my hormones that stopped the migraines is what, what I'm thinking. Like, oh, how interesting. And then also, did you talk at all or did you notice a change in body temperature? Not the body temperature, but the feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm hot all the time or I'm cold. I don't know. There's this weird, you know. Yes, a hundred percent. And and that's also another thing. If you think about in my, in my menopause doula program, one of the things that my, my teacher taught us was just think about all those hormones dropping and it just makes everything and all your tissues and everything more sensitive. And so the fluctuation in temperature, totally, totally a symptom. I used to run like freezing cold 
and then it went to hot and then sometimes I'm pretty, and right now it just, it kind of vacillates. I'm pretty even keeled. I'm not running cold like I used to, but hundred percent, the, the temperature is another big symptom of that. Um, I think the big thing that was really interesting, the farther into the process that you get is that people don't realize is sometimes hair loss is a symptom. Another one that most people do recognize is sleep issues. Either it's hard to fall asleep, hard to wake up in the morning, or you wake up in the middle of the night. And this is a really, really interesting fact. You check with all your audience, check with all the girlfriends, you know, and I invite everybody to start having conversations. We need to have conversations. We need to have conversations. Like we don't talk about this, right? But we always wake up around three o'clock in the morning. Yes. That's the perfect time to wake up. (laughs) Well, you know, when you're having hormonal sleep disturbances, for some reason, it's like all women on the planet get the memo three o'clock is the time you wake up. And, and it's so funny. Cause I work, I work with so many women are like, yeah, I wake up about three. I'm like, yep, I know <laughs> that's what happens. You're in perimenopause. Sorry, sweetheart. Right. But mood swings and skin problems, losing hair and increased sensitivities. And you know that you're getting really close to menopause when your periods start to get really sporadic or super heavy for some women, they can get really, really heavy and they can start- heavy mm-hmm. is an issue. Yes. Yeah. For some women, that's the case, not for everybody. So for some women, they're really heavy and you have to be on top of that because everybody's iron loss. Like my <laughs> iron loss. Yeah. My mom actually almost bled to death. I had another girlfriend who had that. And um, as a result, just kind of. Yes. And I just want to insert that here because that happened for me. I found out last year, my hemoglobin was so low. The doctor was like, you're on the verge of a heart attack. I'm like, oh, what? And, and, and it's interesting, all these symptoms you mentioned that are in perimenopause. If you read hemo, what is it called? Um, iron deficient anemia symptoms, same symptoms. So I, on the one hand was attributing all these symptoms to I'm in perimenopause. I had hair loss. I had skin problems, nail problems. I had all these problems. And if you go, which I wasn't associating with iron deficiency, I was associating with perimenopause, which is why I didn't go to the doctor. I'm like, "Eh, it's just, it's just has to do with menopause. I should have gone to the doctor. (laughs) I should have gotten a blood test to make sure. And I just want to make sure people know that because it's very dangerous. Hundred percent. I had zero iron stores and I had fair, uh, hemoglobin so low that the doctor said, you can't live like this. I don't, I don't know how you're here alive. That's scary. To hear it's when very you, scary, very yes, scary. And if you think yes. about it, like you naturally said, okay, I'm in perimenopause, but we don't think about the fact that you're bleeding so intensively. So of course your iron's going to be low, right? Of course. So we yeah. don't kind of connect that. Yeah. It's all together. These things are symptoms of that. And it's all because things are changing as we get older. Right. I think that's such a, a great point, such an important, beautiful point. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. So we got off on a tangent, but that no, kind of went with the film. I'm like, wait a minute. What were we talking about? You were talking about things that you wish you knew. Okay. So there was the that, oh, you were talking about the different symptoms. I think that's why I got on the iron. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. I think we made the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the interesting, like the, the things that I wish I would have known and, you know, I'm going to be honest when we, when I was younger and I would think about, you know, women who are older or whatever, I, I don't know if anybody else is like this, but you kind of think, you know, things you kind of think, you know, it all, you know, and, but until you go through your own experience, you're like, okay, I am so humbled. 
I am so humbled. I'm going to shut my mouth, you know? And so when I got really close to menopause, um, one of the biggest things that was really, really shocking was the exhaustion. I personally had exhaustion. There are lots of women who have exhaustion, especially when we've got a lot on our plates, especially when we're in this Western societal, you got to be productive. You got to be productive. I don't know if a lot of your, you have your to do it are, all. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause most of your audience is probably high yeah. achieving, maybe some coaches, maybe, probably you know, whatever they're some doing, coaches, right? For sure. Yes. But when you're believing and not realizing that you're running from usually a trauma response or just a societal, you got to be productive in order to be, you know, Love. Valuable. valuable. In order to be valuable, you've got to be productive. And what if you're not making, what if you're not bringing in money to your household? Are you still a valuable member of your family? That's a question I've been facing. Like, wait, when I have to take a break because of my health, am I still valuable? When all my kids left for college, I'm not, a, am I a mom anymore? Am I still valuable? Like there's these weird thoughts that come up. And it leads to actually really a lot of sadness. I don't know. Did, have you yes. found that? Yeah. And I think this is a beautiful place to kind of segue into like the emotional symptoms of the changes too, because, yeah. you know, the, um, the transition brings up all of these different questions about, you know, my purpose now, and can I keep doing this for the rest of my life? And who am I now? Really super common to have the, who am I now? And what's my value now as things transition, right? So, so important. And it is a grieving process. That's what I've noticed. <laughs> it's a lot of sadness. Yeah, yeah. Grieving what used to be grieving the, the life, maybe the kids, you know, or the job you once have, or like I had to, I had to quit a job four or five years ago because my body was just saying, um, I'm sorry, we're going to die if you don't, you know? So you're grieving that you're grieving. Maybe if you have kids, you're grieving also my body can't do, or isn't like it used to be what's going on. And so there's this, all this unknown emotionally, and we don't realize it's very, very isolating. A lot of women feel really isolated because we haven't talked about it. We haven't normalized it. A lot of people feel very um, sad in their grief. You might even be starting to take care of aging parents and have lost parents, you know, depending on where you are or whatever, but it is a time of grief. And I think that we really do need to slow down and our body often forces us to, because it's like, Hey, something's not right here. We're grieving. We're going to shut down. I can't work right now. Yeah. Is it okay to rest is always the question. I've been wrestling with it for like four months. Is it okay that I rest? I mean, I'm used to going, 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 right. <laughs> and you too. Cause we talked about this. You're a generator in human design and as generator types, we're used to working and running around, we feel fulfilled working. But then when your body's like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't know how to stop, you know? And it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you a little story about that? Please. And that can, and maybe hopefully this speaks to somebody or helps somebody, but I have come out the other end of that because at the beginning of this journey, I was pushing, pushing, pushing and feeling like I was being you know, driven by a belief system. And it's more than a thought. It's a belief system because we can have thoughts that come and go, but belief systems are kind of in there and they kind of really pop up now. But the belief system was you got to be productive in order to be valuable, in order to be loved. And it was killing me. My body said no. About uh, April 2020, I was doing a weightlifting workout in COVID in my front room. 
and my body just starts to ball. I'm happy usually when I'm doing my workouts, right? I'm like, okay, we're having a good time, blah, blah, blah. But my body just starts to cry and I had no idea why. And all of a sudden I heard my body's inner wisdom say, this is not you. This is your body. This is your body changing. And what I had to really stop and say was, something's actually going on here. It's not just because I'm thinking something. I really have to slow down and learn to listen to my body. And if, if nobody takes anything else, you know, from this podcast today, what I would love to offer as a gift is this beautiful belief of my body has such inner wisdom in all the cells in its body, and it knows exactly how to take care of each other. And we just have to learn to listen to it and communicate to it. And that's really what I teach people in my program is learning how to create a relationship to, of communication, listening to the body's inner wisdom, your own inner wisdom, et cetera. Right. And it was with that first moment that I finally stopped and said, wow, my body is telling me that I need to slow down. So instead of asking the question, is it okay to rest getting quiet? And actually, and I've, I've done a whole trauma healing certification too, in this process of getting quiet and learning how to calm your nervous system down and heal your nervous system. So that you can hear your body's inner wisdom night and day difference. You don't have to ask the question, is it okay to rest anymore? What your body starts to say is, Hey sis, I've got your back. We're going to rest. And when we're done resting, we're going to feel so nourished and we're going to be even better. And I don't push it anymore, but I, that was, you know, April, 2020. And it took me time and girl, it was hard to unwire, to reprogram all of that drive. I got a, a lot of us have gone through trauma and I don't mean big trauma or little trauma, like just societally, you got to push, push, push. So against like our inner true nature. That's one of the things I do appreciate about human design is like honor your true nature. Right. And so just learning little by little by little, my body said, you got to stop or we will die. Like that's what I heard my body say. And so it was really, really hard. It took a lot of time and I'm not going to lie. It was only about not quite a month ago that my body finally started to feel energy. Like we're almost close to two years started to feel energy. Wow. That feels like a long process. (laughs) I know. And it felt enough inner trust that I had built over time to know that I wouldn't push it like that again. And that we had each other's backs. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm curious, why did you, or when did you decide to become a doula? I'm sorry. I forgot the name. (laughs) So you know what? I, I, I went and did the certification because I was just trying to figure out what the crap was going on with my body. You know, I've been, I've been doing my coaching practice and helping women lose weight and, but really create a beautiful, like healing relationship. I don't see myself as a weight loss coach, even though that's what happens, but I see myself as an emotional healing coach, but Wait, what was the question? I totally Oh, yeah. So the question, yeah, no, that's okay. Hey, brain fog, that's also a symptom, just so you know. Brain fog. Brain fog. I get it. Um, So I'm curious, like, why did you decide to go be a... Yeah, Yeah. because I was so blindsided. Yeah. Was this in perimenopause or after menopause? No, it was, it was after it was after. after. Okay. Yeah. So I do probably need to give Yeah. Yeah. It was after it was after menopause, but see mine, my, my story was a little bit tricky because I'd had 
a uterine ablation almost three years ago, which means they go in and they laser the inside of your, your uterus and you don't have periods anymore. Not everybody completely gets rid of it. So it forces you into menopause or only medical menopause, but all of the hormones had not finished yet. So I did different tests with my particular practitioners. And so when I first had my like kind of breakdown crying, my practitioner said, Oh, you're not quite in menopause. We're only going to give you a little bit of testosterone. We could talk about hormones in a minute, but, but then it was about six months later, she took my labs again and she's like, Oh, nope. This is you're in menopause now. Okay. So we can do a different hormone thing, but long story short, it was in that process just after that second set of labs that I still was like exhausted. I was depressed. I was full of anxiousness. Um, I was full of like negative talk and my nervous system was basically just over overwhelmed. It's a very taxing process on, on a woman's nervous system. And so I went and took the certification just to see if I could figure out the next thing to do to feel better. Yes. I didn't intend to go like, Hey, you know, this, I'm going to be a menopause doula. It's something I just added to my repertoire. Cause I was like, I got to figure this out. I feel like crap and I can't make it go away and make it be productive and make it go away. You know. So. And what if it's just a beautiful part of life that women go through these transitions? Like, honestly, why is it that we always have to think something's wrong? I think that's just like the worst place to come from, but, but it's just kind of how we think of things in life, right? Oh, oh, something's wrong. My body isn't acting how I want it to. A hundred, hundred percent in some of the, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I, I made your audience a, a, I'm really proud of it. A beautiful little freebie, but let's talk about that mindset, mindset, menopause mindset nuggets. And one of the things that I, and I just want to reiterate and validate what you just said is one of the mindset things or just like the belief systems. I like belief systems better. That term is I am a compassionate caretaker of this body and I am learning to give her what she needs. Yeah, it is. That's what I've come to. It's an, it's a natural process in other cultures in Eastern cultures. They honor it when women go into it in other cultures, you know, what's really interesting they don't have severe menopause symptoms. Of course not. Usually (laughs) because they honor their seniors and they also don't eat a standard American diet and they do Tai Chi and they rest their nervous systems, you know? Yes. Really interesting. It is so interesting. And wow, I think, I don't know how many of your things we got through, but do you have one last one? that we should talk about before you can talk about your freebie or whatever you wanted to tell us about. I know because I'm like, I can see we could go on with this for many hours. Uh, Yeah, we could totally. I I think, let me kind of give you this and then I'll send out the freebie, but like there are a lot of people ask questions about hormones and hormone testing, two quick snippets. Um, what I, one of the things that, I'm going to share just two little nuggets. One of my favorite couple of nuggets um, that I learned from my menopause doula program and that always kind of blow people's minds. Nugget number one, when those ovaries stop producing, 
it's the adrenal's job to take over and create a bit of estrogen slightly in a different form, testosterone, progesterone. But when we are already stressed out and those ovaries stop, the adrenals are like, Hey girl, what you talking about? We're already managing all this cortisol. Our job is to manage cortisol. We can't make those, those, those hormones. And that's a big reason why we feel exhaustion and why we feel like a lot of chronic fatigue at this age. So that was mind blowing. I'm like, Oh, that's what's going on in my so adrenal burnout. Right. Cause I've heard adrenal of that burnout. Yes. Right. So it's all connected and it is all driven by these toxic belief systems that I got to, you know, got to do, got to do. The second thing that I found was so interesting. I hope this is a helpful nugget for, for, for gals out there is that in a research in research last year, just in 2021, it was found that only 7% of practitioners feel confident treating a woman in menopause. Seven Whoa. medical doctors are not trained in this. And you might say, Oh, that's not fair. And that's true. I'm not a medical doctor. My husband is, we talk about this all the time. Um, but even if you see an OBGYN, um, they are trained to prescribe medicine. They will usually go to the pill. They will usually go to these things. And that's not always the best thing, especially when you're in peri and menopause. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So one of the most important things that I would give your audience is there is a website called menopause.org. It's the North American Society of Menopause. And on there and through them, practitioners can get an actual certification that gives them the most up-to-date information on treating women in menopause. They also have a, a piece in there where you can go and put your, um, your zip code and find the closest menopause practitioner that helped Mm, me change night. That's really great to know, right? Because that's when I started thinking, I'm probably at the age where I'm going to be going into, you know, now what you said, (laughs) post-menopause, but I was like, Oh, what is this even? Like I have all these symptoms and I started trying to read about it and I'm like, who's talking about this even? Like, it's just hard to even find women talking about it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think that's one of the most important points to kind of like, you know, summarize on is we don't have these conversations I remember having a conversation with my mom last year, just breaking down with all these symptoms. She's like, oh, sweetie, I promise you it gets better. I promise you it gets better. You will feel better. And you're, and she's, she's the one who said, we don't talk about this and we need to. Yeah. And there are a lot of people talking about it. There's a huge push in the UK. You'll see that in the freebie, but there's a huge push in the UK. I've got some things in the freebie that'll tell you who to watch. They're actually um, trying to push through legislation in the UK to have like an FMLA type of thing for women um, in menopause, because so many of us like have a hard time. 20% of women go through menopause like pretty smoothly. About 60% of us go through it really bumpily. And about 20% of us feel like we've been hit by a Mack truck. Mm, yeah. So it's very important because there are people who probably don't have a lot of symptoms, just like in any other thing, right? There are some people, and then there's a big majority of people that need some kind of support and some kind of help through it. So Candy, this is fun. So uh, how can people get your guide. What, what did you call it? A guide? <laughs> I'm a, it's, it's a little mini ebook. I, I started off writing a little mini ebook, you know, with the 10 top things I wish I'd know. And I'm like, Oh, there are like 16 or 17. So now it's the 16 top things <laughs> that gosh, I wish every woman could know, like having this conversation 
Anyway, that's what it's called. It's called the, the top 16 things that every woman needs to know before perimenopause and menopause. So, and then will there, should I put a, is there a link to where yeah, you can yeah. get so it? Yeah. So they can okay. go to my website, which is candywright.com, C-A-N-D-Y-W-R-I-G-H-T.com forward slash menopause. Awesome. Thank you so much. I think we're going to learn so much from your, and so they, if anybody's interested in the work you do, they can also just see that on your website, right? Is that the best place to go? Yep. You can go to their website. Yep. I also do have a, an Instagram. They can follow me under candy underscore right underscore coaching, or I've got a Facebook group called holistic weight loss support for women in perimenopause, that type of thing. So awesome. Thank you so much for coming on candy. And letting us know what it, what menopause is like because or per, post-menopause I'm going to try to change my language <laughs> to but thank you so much it's been very it's fun learning about it thank you for You're so that. welcome it's my pleasure if you enjoy listening to this podcast please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along while you're there please leave me a review and let me know what you think so excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time bye